This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome to the Big Midweek Show. <laughs> we're trying. No, no, that's it. No, we're doing one cat sound. One cat sound. Nope, nope, that was it. One cat sound. We're on the we're on the air. We're on the air. It's live. This is live podcasting, kind of. Oh dear heavens, what are we doing with our lives? If you heard it, put. Do you have comments? Yeah, people can do comments. They like the cat sound. If you heard the cat sound, put it in the comments. There we go. If you heard it. All right, we like. Oh my goodness! Well, everyone, welcome to the big, big, big midweek show. Here we have got uh, King Kong Cola for today, which I'm personally very excited about. But one thing, if it tastes like King Kong, we have got major problems on our hands. But one thing I am very excited to tell you about is our friends at DraftKings. Hey, with DraftKings, get online, fill out your fantasy roster for the night, make make money, have fun. One of those two things will happen. Or it could be like an average Jackets game this year and you'll just be sad. I, I don't know. You can't lose anything have, except for a few bucks. Have a good time. Uh, it's easy to play. Just pick one team per day. If you win, you survive. Oh, this is a... a where are we at here? Oh, this is a, this is the brackets thing. Oh, hey, yeah. Good. NCAA brackets are coming up. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, tournaments here. You can pick a uh, survival pool. Um, what? College wait, basketball wait, survival wait, pool. Wait, they're going to make you survive in a pool? Yes, what you do. Good good transition, kid. What you do is every day of the tournament, you pick one winner. If you lose, you're out. But if you win, you survive and go on to the next round and then pick another winner. Why, why don't you just um, put a deep pool out and then throw people in the pool and then they have to survive it? <laughs> the kid is over here coming up with Hunger Games things here. This is terrible. I know what the Hunger Games is, but um, what's the Hunger Games? Okay, all right. And if that's not enough, check this out. You enter the free DraftKings $1 million survival pool. You can get a shot at winning $10,000 for every upset through the first two rounds of the tournament. It's easy. Just pick one team per day. If they win, you survive and advance to the next round. Last person standing is the winner. Remember, you can only pick a team once for the entire tournament, so choose wisely. DraftKings is a safe and secure app, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. You have a shiny forehead. Oh, just, oh <laughs> this kid. Kids, help yourself confidence, folks. I'll tell you that. Get in on all this week's action now. Download the DraftKings app now. Enter code THPN. Doing sign up and enter the free $1 million survival pool. Again, that is code THPN to enter the DraftKings free $1 million survival pool. Eligibility restrictions and terms and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What are you pointing at? THPN. Yes, that's us. What's that? That's the Hockey Podcast Network. That's what we're on. That's what you've been on all these weeks, kid. What does the H stand for? Hockey. Oh, The Hockey Podcast Network. The Hockey Podcast Network. Oh, we're learning, people. It's it's Sesame Street over here. (laughs) All right, we're going to have some King Kong Cola. It tastes like a monkey. That doesn't sound very good. It doesn't sound very good. It's not that bad. Take a drink. Hmm. 
fine. Reminds me of like if you had a, like a glass and filled it like two thirds full of Coke and then one third of like Dr. Pepper. Like it's got a hint of Dr. Pepper flavor. It tastes like tea with about this much Coke in it. That is a strange comparison to make, my child. Would you drink it? Would you give it to people to drink? Would you buy it for the whole world there, kid? No. No. Okay, fair enough. All right. Move along, little monster. We had enough fun this week. I'm going to go watch videos of people playing the Sims 3 Warrior Cat. Okay, okay. You go on, kid. (laughs) My kid has some weird things she likes. But then again, she's a kid. That's what kids do. Yeah, get out, get out, kid. Oh, I've made a monster. Anyway, folks, welcome to the show. <laughs> we are having uh, a weird time this week. It's been a weird week for me. I'm going to talk more about it later. Um, not talking about it now because I'm going to wait for things. But anyway, it's been a crazy week for the National Hockey League. Uh, we're going to get into that. It's been another abysmal week for the Columbus Blue Jackets so far. We're going to get into that because... Uh, everlasting sadness is coming for us, folks. All right. As of today, the Columbus Blue Jackets, according to the the mines at Money Puck, are at a 4.5% chance to make the playoffs. 4.5. This is not great, folks. We are back to fourth lowest odds. I'm going to tell you what my secret is right now. I've accepted this. This is where the Blue Jackets season is. We're not going anywhere. I'm just I'm just saying that now. And I know, the moment I say that, there's at least 10 Blue Jackets fans out there who are getting ready to hammer on the keyboards with, you're not a real fan. You're not sticking with the team through the tough times. I'm sticking. I'm going to watch games. But I'm going to have expectations here, folks. That's not how this works. That is not how this goes. Like, you can go to McDonald's and say, I want a Big Mac. And and you can be like, yeah, it's a Big Mac. But but if you're going to McDonald's and expecting, you know, a steak, a good one, you ain't getting it. At this point, somebody expecting the Blue Jacks to go to the playoffs, I feel like that's what you're expecting. It's like you're expecting, I'm going to go to McDonald's, I'm going to get a steak. And then when they serve you a Big Mac, like, oh, maybe they'll get a stake next time. No, that's not going to happen, folks. Not, not this year. This year, things are, it's all falling apart. On us. If I'm wrong, if I am wrong and they make a big comeback, I would be the happiest guy in the world. I will love it. I love the Blue Jackets. I spend an inordinate amount of time watching and following and listening to podcasts and reading articles. It is unhealthy, but that's where I am. That's just That's just where it is, and I'm not happy about it. Uh, I'm not happy about the fact that I'm looking at this season now as a loss and that every continuous game feels like more of a loss, but that's just where we are. That is just where we are. So looking at the standings, and again, folks, points percentage. Do not look at points. Look at points percentage. Blue Jackets are 463. We are next. We are in seven, six out of eight places. We have to go up two spots. At this point, we need six points to catch Chicago. Technically, those six points would get us past Dallas. 
but Dallas is only four points behind us, but has six games at hand. If they get half the points, they're two points up on us. So, so if they keep their 500, they're better than us. This team is a negative 18 goal differential. Negative 18. Let's put that into some perspective here. Now, I understand this counts shootout, so it's a little skewed. But that's 22nd in the league in goal differential. This team isn't good. They're not, or at least they're not playing good. And that's the thing about this season that is ultimately the most frustrating thing, I think, for all Blue Jackets fans. After last year, we had high expectations, and now we have what? What do we have? We have uh, we traded a guy who was considered essentially to be a franchise centerpiece, and I, I had my conversation about that at the time. I, I understand why it had to happen because when the guy wants out, you can't just force him to stay, um, especially after the game that he just kind of – threw in the towel on you. I mean, after that, what can you do? You're just kind of stuck. And it's awful. It, you're just stuck. And it, hey, you hate it. You trade Josh Anderson for Max Domi. Right now, that deal doesn't look like it's working out well. Um, you get Patrick Line, who, you know, started off looking good. Now, now who knows what we're getting out of him. We're just in a whole lot of bad places right now. Um, it's not what you want as a hockey team. It's not. It's not good. Um, let me show you some things I was I was looking at. So this season, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm just going to share screens for those doing the video version of this. If you're not doing the video version, that's fine. I'm going to talk through it all anyway. The Columbus Blue Jackets um, let's see if I can zoom up on this a bit for those watching on video. The Columbus Blue Jackets uh, this season if you look at minimum 50 minutes time on ice have two players two players who are above expected goals for 50%. Meaning and again, I'm just going to do a quick reminder. Something like if you have a close shot at a wide open net, the expected goals number is almost one, meaning you're almost exp- it's almost guaranteed you're going to have a goal. If you have a shot that's 50 50, that counts as 0.5 goals, uh, expected goals for. If you have a shot 25% of the time it goes in, which is again really high, it's a 0.25. If you have a shot that's a 1% chance of going in, it's 0.01 expected goals for. That's as complicated as it gets. And how they determine that's based on like where the shot's at and all that kind of stuff. There's a mathematical stuff. And there's different, there's different things people use to determine this, um, different models that they talk about analytically. But that's the long and short of it. So if you were to count the chances we have, and the reason I like expected goals for is if a team's just out there at the blue line and their defensemen are just hammering it and throwing it in, odds aren't high it's going in. So this kind of gives higher weighting when you're counting for stuff towards people taking good shots, which last year is the kind of team the Blue Jackets were. They were a team that took good shots. But this year, again, two players, Emil Bemstrom and Vladislav Gavrikov. Bemstrom, a player who 
seems to have a hard time staying on the ice for some reason with this coach. Gavrikov, who's done okay. But yeah, Bemstrom, 52.85%. Gavrikov, 50.84%. Here's the problem. When you compare it to last season, the amount of players the Columbus Blue Jackets had in the 1920 season, last season, who had at least 50 minutes time on ice and whose expected goals for percentage was above 50%. 19 players. Bjorkstrand, Anderson. You know what? I'm just going to read players who are still here. Bjorkstrand, Kukin, Robinson, Felino, Murray. Oh, no, not Murray either. Gavrikov, Texier, Savard, Peak, Nash, Milano. And I don't know. I'm having to skip a couple here. Wierenski, Cam Atkinson, Kevin Stenland, Seth Jones, Boone Jenner. You don't get into under expected goals for 50% until Gustav Nyquist did not 49.59%. And it's a short number after that. 21 to 29 is where you have players under 50. 1 to 20 is when you have players above 50. That's the difference. These guys just aren't playing well. They're not creating chances. They're not creating more chances than they're giving up. Now, here is what I, I ask you to under, here's what Here's where Blue Jackets fans have to make a decision in your head. Is the problem. You know what? Let's, let's do one more. Let's do a couple more examples here. We're going to talk about Patrick Laine. Patrick Laine is a player who in his NHL career... Apologize for the the wait here, folks. Just putting some things together. Okay. We're going to switch to a little bit of a different number here. It's called expected goals above replacement. Uh, Essentially, what they do is um, to look at that. Again, it's very much like expected goals. Um, Replacement level is determined by what, like, a fourth liner coming up from the HL is going to provide you. Patrick Line in his career, his rookie season, his expected goals above replacement in the season, 18. In uh, his second season, 17.7. His third season, 0.4. Last season, 3. So the last two seasons have definitely been down. This season, negative 0.3. So we're into the negative now with him. Max Domi. His expected goals above replacement. Rookie season, 9.8. Second season with the Coyotes, negative 2.5. Third season with the Coyotes, negative 6.5. Third season with the Canadians, 11.8. Last season with the Canadians, 2.1. This year, negative 1.4. So we have players who in the previous years have had positive expected goals above replacement. We have a team of players who normally are expected goals above replacement higher. But now it's just not happening. Now it is just not happening. So what are we to make of this? What's going on? Did all these players stop being good? Did they stop having skill and ability and minds? And see, here's the thing. I know I know that I've started talking about how it's time to move on from John Tortorella. And the reality is, John Tortorella coached his team last year too. So that's part of what's just not making sense. But the question you come down to is, 
when you're the Blue Jackets, you look at your roster. Is your roster one where you look at it and say, you know what, the problem here is the roster. We need to just, there's too many not, you know, guys aren't competing hard enough and guys aren't working hard enough for it. And, and you know, this, that, and the other, and blah, 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 blah. Or is it that we're having a deficiency in coaching? Um, is it that John Tortorella is not adapting to the fact that he's got these younger guys, these different guys he has to he has to deal with and has to try and bring up? Is it that his style's not matching what they do? I mean, is that what it is? Who knows? Um, I'm going to read this quote. It's from uh, Aaron Port's line. It's John Tortorella talking about Jack Roslevic. Uh, if there's any curse words in him, I'm going to clean them up. It says not very safe for work, not safe for work, mildly not safe for work, but we'll see. He's very inexperienced at the position, very inexperienced. I don't know if he's a center. I think that's been an inconsistency right on through with us. Listen, we have force-fed Jack into basically a number one center role, and he really hasn't played the position a whole lot. He's still a very young man in the game. Through our need, we have forced him into that situation. I think we have to be patient there. But I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to be patient as far as competitiveness because that's something young, old, middle-aged, retired, you can control competing. That's what puts Jack in a jam with me right now. The other stuff is going to take some time with him and the organization is going to have to figure out. Is he a center? Is he a wing? What is he? Through our situation with our lineup, he's forced into a ton of minutes in the middle of the ice. He's thrived in certain areas of the game, but as far as distributing, that's something he's going to have to learn through experience. It's not to be unexpected. I'm not upset about that, but you better compete. All right. So this at its core, I think, is telling us where there's a philosophical difference in this in this organization right now that is causing some problems. Jack Roslovic, uh, when he was traded for, most people said uh, he might be he's probably a middle six center, if that. Um we know that Yarmo Kekalainen thinks that Jack Roslovic is more than that. We think we know that he thinks Jack Roslovic might be a top six center first or second line center in this league. John Tortorella has had him for a couple of months and he's saying he doesn't know if he's a center or a winger. I don't think that Ross Levitt, because here's the thing, when the Pierre Dubois trade happened, John Kekalainen said it wasn't going to be a one-for-one one deal. We wanted both uh, line A and we wanted... Uh, uh, Roslovic. Why did the organization want the player so bad that 20 games or so into his NHL, into his time with the team, John Torello is saying, ah, we don't know what he is. There's a disconnect there. There's just a disconnect. And I, I, I think as much as anything, I think that's why it's time to change that positioning. Because again, Something I the example I've been thinking about, and I've mentioned on the show many times now. One of my favorite movies, Moneyball. There's a great scene where, uh, and I'll clean up the language a little bit, where Billy Bean is talking with Art Howe. Uh, Billy Bean's the general manager of the Oakland A's. Art Howe's the manager, meaning he's the one who actually makes decisions about who plays and all that. And Art Howe says something about um 
how hard it is to manage the team without a contract. So I was talking about what their jobs are. And at one point he says, Billy, my, my job is to take this team you've built for me and try and get the most we can out of them. And Billy says, I didn't build this team for you, Art. And Art says, no crap. Because he hadn't built the team for Art. He built the team the way he thought would win. And I think what's happening right now is you have a general manager who's building a team thinking one thing, and you have a coach who's running a team thinking something else. And I think that's the essential problem in Columbus. And I think things like this quote about Jack Roslovic are, are, are the perfect example of where that is, of why that's the case. I think that is a perfect summation of what's going on with this team. And, and that's, I mean, I, I know. and the thing is, it, it, it's, it's coaches like John Torello that are always talking about how players just don't compete hard enough. There's other coaches that never seem to talk about it. And maybe some people say, well, that's Tortorella being real. I guess. But, I mean, it was the same coach always complaining about the same thing being his problem. I don't know. I, I'm just, I think we're to the point where the fan base has lost faith in the coach. And I, I like John Tortorella. As a personality, I don't have a problem with him. Uh, you can go back and watch past episodes of this show, listen to past episodes of this show. And I, I've never been an anti-Tortorella guy. I've liked him. I just I just think the time has come. All right, a word from our friends of the Hockey Podcast Network, and we'll be right back. He's my brother, Mike. He's my brother, Matt. And we are the brothers of discussion hosting Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a vote. In a season mired in tragedy and despair, we are here to be your audible Earl Grey to bring joy, placidity, and perspective to one of the roughest eras of Red Wing history. Ah! We honor the past, find the positives in the present. I swear they're there. And paint the picture of what's to come in the winged wheels future. Paul Woods here on the radio broadcast of your Detroit Red Wings, and I'm going to play games like, who's that? Who's that come on. Where Matt has to try and guess quotes pulled right out of context for Jeff Blashell, and we got to figure out who that Red Wing is. <laughs> Every episode, we put ourselves in the legendary shoes of Steve Eiserman and play Be the GM, finding ways to ice a competitive team while accumulating assets for the franchise's future. We also shoot the breeze. Some of the great local and national voices in Red Wings hockey, including Ken Kell and Keith Gave. And Greg Wachinski and Ryan Lambert. Check us out every Monday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And check us out live every Wednesday and Sunday for Red Wings reactions and live conversations with you on our YouTube channel, The Brothers of Discussion. And now... Talking about a story that I think uh, broke in the last couple of days here. Yes, that is right, ladies and gentlemen. The NHL is back on ESPN. Starting next season, uh, the NHL going to have 25 regular season games on ESPN or ABC 
early round playoff series and one conference final each year, four Stanley Cup final series on ABC, and more than a thousand per streaming uh, on ESPN Plus. And that's four Stanley Cup finals over the next seven years, starting next season. We've been talking about the NHL's next TV deal for a while now on this show. This is a big deal for the National Hockey League. Let me be clear on what we're saying here. So something I talked about was the reason I think ESPN was crucial to grow hockey at this point is I think it needs that part because ESPN is good at setting the conversation. Again, even if you don't watch ESPN, guess what happens? Stephen A. Smith says something goofy on first take or Dan Orlovsky breaks down a play. It trends on Twitter on those sports. That's what's going to be happening here. At least that's what I hope is happening here. ESPN is going to be pushing the NHL. Now, for those of you saying, hold on, ESPN had the NHL before and they treated it like the stepchild. They treated it like someone who was not cared about. I apologize any stepchildren. That was not intended slight. But here's the big trick. NHL.TV, which I am sad to see go because I love NHL.TV because its functionality is, I think, spectacular. All of those out-of-market streaming packages are moving to ESPN+. Plus. So if you have ESPN+, Plus, if you have the fun little bundle like I do of Disney and Hulu and ESPN+, Plus, you have NHL.TV now. You have all the NHL games, all the out-of-market games anyway. That's huge because you don't, I mean, the NH and ESPN is going to be talking about this. They want this to be a big deal because they want it to drive ESPN plus subscriptions. That's what they're seeing. They're seeing something that can push ESPN plus subscriptions. There's going to be growth of the game through this. Now, here's the deal. This is what's big. So as of right now, the NHL has two concurrent deals going on. They have a deal with Sportsnet that was a 10-year, $2 billion deal. So they get essentially $200 million a year from Sportsnet. Now, part of that is, um, I apologize, it was a $5.2 billion deal for 10 years. Um, $5.2 billion for 12 years. I'm sorry. My number, I'm just all over the place today. Dear heavens, somebody save me. So doing my quick phone math because unlike what your teachers told you in the future, everyone would be carrying a calculator with them. So every year, the NHL gets roughly $433 million Canadian at a national TV deal. Um, I'm going to pop these numbers in. I want to... So that equates out to uh, about $343 million a year, United States. So if you combine that with the fact that that 343, uh, 343, 449, 
$233 plus the $200 million a year right now they get from the uh, NBC deal. On their current package, the NHL is making $543 million a year in TV revenue. Split between the uh, 31 teams, that's roughly $17 million a year per team. So that's not bad. That's good money. Uh, It's solid. But here's the thing. Okay, so adding on to the current Canadian money, uh, again, the $343 million a year and again, that's subject to what the uh, the rates are there. Or that this new deal with ESPN is worth four hundred million per year. So right now, the NHL is making two hundred million per year on its US deal with NBC. And the, the the idea is the ESPN deal is not all they're getting. This is part of their of their deal. They doubled it with this partial deal. So that's four hundred million dollars. That takes their annual TV contract to seven hundred forty-three million four hundred forty-nine thousand. If you divide that between the now thirty-two teams, that's twenty-three million dollars. Now, here's the trick: I have a hard time believing. Now, maybe NBC says, "Wait, we're losing Stanley Cup Final. Wait, we don't have all the playoff games. We're only giving you two hundred million again." At that point, the NHL's TV deal is at $943,449,000, divided amongst the 32 teams, $29 million. So essentially, in this TV deal, the NHL is doubling their television revenue as far as national uh, stuff goes. And I know some people have always said, oh, but they're losing NHL TV. I don't think that many people signed up for NHL TV. I don't think enough to make up hundreds of millions of dollars. Um. Yeah, I just I just don't think there was that many. I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, but what's happening now? The NHL is getting close to their t- annual TV revenue, depending on the inflation, depending on uh, Canadian money coming in and all that, and depending on if there if there is no increase, if they can just get NBC for another two hundred million, which they I think they probably can do. They take their annual TV revenue close to a billion. I honestly think they'll probably still some kind of increase coming from NBC because that's just what's happening with rights fees. The NHL is probably becoming a, a billion dollar a year on TV in revenue. The players should be ecstatic uh, because this will help them climb out of the escrow hole faster, which they've built up over the COVID period. Because if you are unaware, uh, in the collective bargaining agreement, there is a solution for the NHL to make sure they only pay 50% of revenue to players, and that is escrow. Um there are caps on escrow, but to offset the fact that the caps on escrow aren't enough to cover recover 50% for the owners, they're just not going to increase the salary cap until the owners have made their money back that they lost. This is going to be a big help to them. So good job, NHL. Uh, I'm really happy because I can see a chance for the league to really grow through ESPN, uh, especially with ESPN leveraging digital properties and ESPN Plus and all that good stuff. All right, so ending the show on a high note, which I feel is good. Uh, again, Eyes of March, the, the Eyes of March show Sunday that I'm recording. I don't have great feelings about it, but I've made my peace. I have made my peace. Thank you very much, folks. Watch the games, have fun, subscribe to the show, like, comment, whatever you do with that kind of stuff. Thank you very much for watching, listening, all that good stuff, and go Jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief, and thank you for listening.